Welcome to the Help My Unbelief podcast, the number one Christian podcast designed for the unbeliever. What's up, guys? I held my breath. <laughs> How long do you think you can hold your breath for at your Me? age? I yeah. uh, used to. I'd, I could do it uh, almost three minutes. Wow, really? Where'd yeah. you learn that? In the Army? How long you can hey, hold your breath I was for? in the Air Force. Air Force? Not the Navy. Oh. <laughs> no, I, I love to swim. Yeah, me too. Um, I do too. So, I, as a kid, like his age, you know, mm-hmm. um, I would hold my head underneath the bathtub and see how long I could hold my breath. Yeah. And I had asthma, so that was, you know, started off kind of short. Three minutes is a long time, dude. Well, that came after years of practice with the trumpet and yeah. building my lungs up and before smoking. Yeah. All that. Honestly, this week I want to get into something. I want to get into serious stuff pretty quick because, like, I realized something last week. I've been in, I've been in turmoil, man, pretty much my whole life, but, like, especially, like, this recently. Um. Mark asked a question. Mark's not here, by the way, for everybody's listening. Mark couldn't make Unfortunately, it Unfortunately, Mark has not been able to join us today. Um, but we have Darcia and Angela here if things go crazy. Dar- Darcia made a commandment to not be on um, camera today, so we're going to find a way to get her well, on camera. Well, I think you ought to put her on camera because we're wearing matching shirts. Oh, look at the cute couple wearing you matching shirts. You didn't even shirts. see that, did you? No, I did. I absolutely did. This, this yep. is Matthew 6.33, my favorite verse. Yep. You know? And uh, when we found these shirts, we both liked them. And I was kidding her when I said, I started having it on, you know, before we left the house. And I said, oh, look, I'll I'll go get mine on. And she said, okay. And I really didn't think that that would be what she would say. Yeah. So I said, all right, cool. I can do that. This is a sign of our age. I'm old enough to remember when the square dancers wore the same outfit, you know, but I also am old enough to remember <laughs> when old people come to church and their their clothes always matched, you know. Yeah. And then, well, how late, about everybody in the church's outfits? Ma- oh, matched. that'd be weird. That'd be weird. But then later on, if a guy realized that his shirt was in the same color as the wife, lady, girlfriend, whatever he was going out with, he would go change the shirt so he didn't look like that. Yeah. And I've I've always been okay with that. My clothes well, you should, should complement on, hers. You should put on yoga pants too. I'm not doing the yoga pants. I don't have the I body. Just, I don't have the body for it. <laughs> no, you don't, dude. Nah, you don't want to see that. It just kind of falls off back there, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It all it, goes downhill. It, it's all moved to the front. Yeah. Well, nothing wrong with that. Um, but yeah. So Mark asked a question last night, and I've been thinking about it all week and I'm grateful for the question because I believe I believe that it's going to change change my relationship with God for the better and I believe that it happened for a reason um, because my relationship with God right now is not good and it's impossible for it to get better at where I stand Mark asked a question but Mark doesn't know if he believes in hell right I absolutely believe in hell. I've read the Bible and I've seen it in too many places. The person that talked about hell the most is Jesus, you know. Mm-hmm. 
And so I do, I do biblically. Um, and then, you know, our pastoral staff and everybody else teaches us that way. And they put a lot more time than even I have into it. And so we, um, I've chosen to sub- submit to our pastoral staff and to um, come into agreement with them. Cause why would you have a pastor if you don't do that? Right. I and agree. I still stand by it. You know, the fact that we're not your pastors, you need to get in your own church. That way you can have what we have right now. Right. And we could be, you can be led like we are being led. That way you have some sort of, our final authority is Christ, but you have some authority figures inside your church that you can look up to. But you have, before you submit to them, you better check them and make sure they're I, I they're believe good. that you do definitely need to check them. Check they need them. to be yep. God-ordained. Yep. And, and I think it they should need be, to be Bible believing and put the word before anything else. Personally, I really, I, I really can't say enough about the assemblies of God. Um, I'm not one that just starts um, tooting the horn of a denomination. I'm not, I don't like that, but um, every denomination in America right now is shrinking except for the assemblies of God denomination. And I think um, we need to take a look at that and look at why um, that's happening. And I'm not making any statements or, accusations or claims, but I think it's worth a look. And what I've experienced inside this Assemblies of God church has been phenomenal. And I wrote off churches altogether. But um, so with that being said, I do believe in hell, right? But Mark asked the question, he said, hey, so if, if hell didn't exist at all, what would you, like, what would you do? And immediately I said that I would I would satisfy the desires of my flesh. You did too, but I want to say something about that as well. Um, if hell didn't exist right now, it almost sounded like when we were having that conversation that you would like, you would just fulfill your flesh and move on right. I don't believe that's true. I believe, I believe you have love for the Lord to where even if hell didn't exist and you weren't worried about hell, you would continue to serve him. But you're talking to me now. Yeah, that's what I mean. Right now, though. Right now you would. Yeah, but... But we're... That's Look, what we're talking I, I, about, though. I don't, I don't set my life to please me any longer. I used to, but the do fear my of hell, the fear it's of hell brought hell. you. The fear it's, of hell brought you to huh, love God. No, though. it's the fear of God, and it's not in the manner of, of being afraid of God. It is in the manner that I choose to please Him in everything that I do. That's my driving force. It's not that I'm afraid of hell. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yes, I am, but that's, that's far from my mind. When I was pleasing myself with my, in my flesh, hell was far uh, yeah. away from me. But if somebody brought it up, I went, you know, where, where are you going? If you die, yeah, probably hell, if I don't change my ways, you said that you said I've that? said that several yeah. times. Yeah. Probably have too, but it got me, it got me thinking and I thought of some things and this is going to be the hardest things that I've ever had to say on this show. This is to me the hardest things I've ever had to say by far. I don't want to say this. This is, it's usually pretty, it's um, sometimes easy for me to be vulnerable. I feel like the people behind the camera disappear, but I'm looking at you saying this. I know pastor Gary's listening to this. I know other people are listening to this and I don't want to say it, but I've always been honest and I'm going to be, but like I started looking at my relationship with God and I don't love God as much as you do. I don't love God as much as I love my wife. I don't love God as much as Pastor Gary does. And you can see it in your actions, in the way that you talk. The reason why I follow God, I'll tell you the reasons why I follow God. I've thought about this. I genuinely think that I'm an idiot. 
And I think that God is who he says he is, right? And he knows better than me. And so I follow him and obey him because of that. Um, I have had a relationship with him since I was a kid. So maybe there is some love there. And maybe I'm just kind of in a resentful state right now. You know, and I'm thinking right now as well. And maybe I'm just in kind of a weird spot with God right now. And so I'm like, do I love him? But like, when I look at how much I love my wife, right? The reason why I don't do anything to hurt her is because I love her so much and I don't want to see her in pain. It's not because some desires don't pop up and stuff like that, but like, I don't want to see my wife cry ever. Like, I don't want to see that. Like, I, I dang sure don't want to be the guy that does that. You know what I mean? And I love her that much. And it's like, well, with the knowledge of knowing that whenever we do something against God, it hurts him to like a more deeper level than what even she hurts. And I don't even take that into account. And it just, I feel it bothers me. It bothers me that I, like you're definitely, you're supposed to, the number one commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, that you're supposed to love him more than your own wife. I mean, you've even said you would not give up your salvation for your own wife, and you love your wife to no ends. And so you know you like, I don't love God the way that I see you and Pastor Gary loving God, or I see other people loving God. I don't love them that way. Well, Zach, I I had to learn how to do that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's kind of what I want to talk to you about today, because I need to stop because my, my fear of God, fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's the middle and the end. You know what I mean? Oh. I think... I'm at a point right now where I've got to stop and I've got to focus on learning how to fall in love with God or because I can't stay here where I'm at. I can't because this is starting to um, make me kind of d- depart from it. Not f- I, not from, don't, not no, like. No, 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 I understand what you're like saying. Not like deconstructing but, or anything like but that. What, but what I'm thinking, you love Angela. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you in love with Angela? I don't know. The di- I've. That's like that rom-com stuff, and it makes me want to throw up. I would say yes. I would say yes. I'm in love with Angela. I don't know what that means, though. If you could define that a little better, I could answer that. Do you think about her all day long? Uh, Everything. I'll tell you this. Do I sit there and think about just coming home to her and stuff? Everything I do revolves around her. Every decision I make revolves around her. Like, Like, Darcy is not at... Like she's not on my mind all the right. time, but, but everything I do typically she her. is on my mind yeah. all day long. Mm-hmm. I I want to think about her. Yeah, she's the most important person in my life. Well, now it's not like I sit there and think but it's about a her. But person, she's but integrated into my life now. She's a part of me. But you know, there, this is where in love is the same to me. Okay, when you when you are in love, you still pursue. You do the things that you know that makes her happy. Um, you don't take advantage of her. You don't um, take her for granted. Okay, uh-huh. all of those things are when you're in love, you put her needs ahead of you. When you love, it's like a kid. You know, it's it's like. Uh, I love them, but they, I, I have put them in a different position, okay, that I'm still elevating myself above them. When you are in love, you elevate them 
above you. I'm in love with God. I yeah. wasn't always this way. I always loved God because I was taught to love God. Okay? But he's that, he's that, uh, I'll use this. I've always loved my, my Aunt Mary. Always. Love you, Aunt Mary. I've always loved Aunt Mary. Okay? When she was more in my life as a youngster, then there was more there. Now, we spent 35 years away from each other because I cut that whole side of the family off. The only time I talked to them was at funerals. Maybe. Okay. Through that, I still loved my Aunt Mary, but I wasn't in love with my Aunt Mary. You see what I'm saying? And when you first start to learn to love that favorite aunt kind of thing, or maybe Aunt Shirley on my other side was always, hey, Aunt Shirley. All of that, that you they deserve and they, they have that respect, and you love them. But you're not in love with them. Exactly. I'm sitting okay? thinking when you're And you put God that. in a love, but you need to. No. It came upon me. I didn't have to learn it. It wasn't something that when God, when God came into my heart this last time and I fully gave myself to him, there's your difference right there. When you fully give yourself to God, there's a thing that comes upon you that the only way I can really honestly explain is that love taught me because I loved God with all my heart, body and soul. Okay, that's what the Bible says. But that is a true thing when you do that at 100%. And when you do that, he lines up everything else. Yeah. So there's yeah. there's so much. I'm still in love with Darcia. I still put her needs above mine 90% of the time. She puts my needs above hers 90% of the time. We live in a world of servitude to each other. Yeah. When we put God in the middle of our marriage, our marriage changed dramatically. When God's in the middle, then everything focuses on him. When he's the most important part of your marriage, there is a, a, a difference in your love. You learn to respect him more. You learn to want to uh, please him more. That's what I was trying to say a while ago is I want to please my wife. I don't want my wife to be ashamed of me. I want yeah. to please her. I See, want to like, please God. It's almost like right now for me, I'm almost like it's, I almost feel like I'm treating God like I'm a teenager. Like if I were to consider it like a dad, like I remember um, God still answers. I, I'm still witnessing God answer prayers that he promised me um, when I was being a good boy. You know what I mean? I was doing everything I was supposed to. Well, not everything I was supposed to, but whenever I was a little more, little less resentful and bitter and angry at him, you know, not really angry at him, but anyway, um, whenever I was You're being, learning to understand, whenever him. I was being more obedient, right. Yeah. I've, I've, I'm still witnessing that, but it's almost like I'm sitting here being a little a hole and expecting him to do that stuff and not being grateful about it. Like I'm just sitting here, like I'm looking at myself and I'm like, what are you doing? Like I'm seeing him do this, but like, why am I not just falling over in love with him for doing this? And I'm just almost like, I know God wants me to do stuff. Um, and it's for my own good. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, dad. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, you know, and I'm just got this like willy nilly nonchalant attitude about it. 
And I want to see that. I want to see that fervor in myself, like I see in Pastor Gary, that I see in you, that you guys are madly in love with God. I want to see that in me, but I want it to be real. I want it to be real. I don't want to, like, I don't want to have to fake it, like, because I don't want to do it if I have to fake it. I don't. I don't have to fake it. No, I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to have to like. I feel like if I were to get there, I'd have to fake it right now. But that's the problem. I want to learn how to do that. The hardest so thing is dying the, to yourself daily. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing that I know. Like I, whenever I first came to church here, or it was like a couple months before I came to church here, um, and I fully submitted to God, I still have it. You say fully submitted, yeah. but that's just words because you haven't. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I, when I, you fully I submit, yeah. God tells you something, you obey. That's it. There's no, there's no yeah. thought about it. Because like I still like. Even though, um, even though I did most of what he wanted me to do, like the big stuff he mm-hmm. wanted me to get rid of, but I'm still not being obedient to everything. Just like I was talking to Darcia but a couple weeks ago. I, mean, why, I don't know. Why, why is it so much harder to obey God when he gives you a direct? I don't know. That's I. If even, he takes the time out, I mean, seriously, look, there's four, what, seven billion people on this planet. Not that God can't handle it, but if he took time out to give you a directive for your life. He gives me a bunch of directives. why can you not take the time to direct it? Here's when there the are problem. People, when there are people out here that are searching for God to mm-hmm. give them the directive and they are having to wait because it basically is your time kind of thing. I, I'm not saying they're waiting because you're there. What I'm saying is at their level of growth and what they have in a mission from God— I just want to get there. Yeah. I, I want to get there on everything he does. I, I guess I, I didn't the look at it like that. blessings that come yeah. with it. And he's talking to you. And, and Bob's been waiting for, you know, 20 years to hear from God. Yeah. Because he's not he, hasn't, yeah. he hasn't submitted himself. There's a whole lot of different things that makes it sound like I'm being higher and mightier than, than everybody. But I'm not. I don't get to hear a lot of directive straight from God. And when he does, I immediately... I immediately want to obey. Yeah. And, and that's where I'm I want to get. If I'm not sure, God has given my wife the ability to help give me directions and confirmation from the Lord. Yeah. And I know that if he's told her something and it's been in my spirit, that's from the Lord. Yeah. We, we confirm the word of the Lord to each other all the time. The weirdest thing in the world right now that I have to explain is me like having this little relationship with myself too, to where I'm fully aware how dumb it is. And I'm like sitting here and talking to myself going like, what are you doing? Like, like trying to snap myself out of this funk I'm in. I'm trying to snap myself out of it, but it's just not, it's not working. There's still something that needs to happen. And I don't know, it almost feels like God's allowing this little section to happen for me to learn something from it. Growth. You know what I mean? Growth. Yeah. Growth. You have to learn to trust God, but you have to learn your... To, <laughs> this is going to sound stupid. You have to learn to trust yourself trusting God. Yeah, that you'll do it no matter what. Yeah, and like, it's, it's like... You remember that ooh. guy that preaches in Kyle, Texas that comes down? Yeah, Trevor. Yeah, and it I was, love Trevor. It was cool when he was talking. He had told this story when he was here about how he went into McDonald's and God told him to go up and pray for this guy there or something. And then and, and something ended up like he refused to, but then um, he didn't do it. And then he actually, and then he decided to went back. And then the guy told him, you know, that something happened to where it was like, whoa, like can't believe God moved like that. I don't remember exactly what it was. And I don't want to make anything up. 
Well, but, there, there are so many times that God has, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that I don't question it because I do question. I am, am I hearing me or am I hearing God? Right. Yeah. Am I being misled or am I being straight up? So there are a lot of different times that it, it comes along. Hey, Mark made it. Look who's here. Hey, Cause we need your wisdom right now, brother. Yeah. This is a good conversation. I'm going to catch Mark up real quick. I'm going to catch okay. Mark up yeah. real quick. Go. Okay, my uh, switch on the mic. Hello, yeah, got it. Last week you said something that made me think hard, hard. Um, this last week I've been in very deep thought, and I'm at a pivotal moment in my walk with God, big time. You said you asked a question of whether I would follow God if hell didn't exist. If right. I if I would if hell didn't exist, and I immediately, I don't know if I said no immediately, but I immediately in my heart I was like no. I'd bounce. I'd get out. You know, I'd be out of here. You know, like right. if hell didn't exist. And so my only motivation to follow God is hell. And that is not good. That is not good. Doesn't mean I don't believe in hell, but something's got to change right now because I'm not having a healthy relationship with God. And I started thinking, I don't love my I don't love God as much as I love my wife. I don't love God as much as Larry loves God or you love God or Pastor Gary. I sit here and witness it and like, I don't have that relationship with him. And so something's got to change now or this isn't going to work. Like, and loving God is the most important commandment. And it's not just something you love. Isn't something you say Mm -mm. words. um, A deaf person can show more love to a person than a person can say it if it's not real. And I want it to be real. I want my love for God to be real. And it's just really made me sit down and think. And I had to be honest with myself and had to be truthful with myself. And, and you know, and he was saying that I've got to obey. I've got to be obedient. I've got to be fully submissive to God. And I understand that. But do you want to know why I'm hesitating? Is because I know what God is calling us into. And I know whenever I step into that and I say yes, it's going to be the hardest thing that's ever gone through. There's a lot of things. You guys don't know, know me entirely. There's a lot of a lot of negative character flaws that got to be pushed out of me, it's especially to get to where God has us going. There's a lot of things that got to be pushed out of me. And I know when I put that foot in, I know there's going to be even more pain and more misery and more sorrow. And I know, and I'm, and I'm, I'm like, it's almost like I'm getting, I'm preparing my, for myself. I think, you know, and you know, I think, you know, that I'm always going to do what I'm supposed to. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I, I think it's funny that you assume that we don't know you better. We know, we don't know everything. You don't know everything about me. I don't know everything about Mark. And I, as soon as I said that, I remember but, something but Pastor Gary things said. That we see yeah. and we know about you. Yeah. That it's not our place to address. It's God's place to address. But and pa- we, we're mature enough in our walk with Christ that we yeah. can actually allow that to happen. And we're enjoying watching somebody else have to have to learn. <laughs> We've already been there, dude. Yeah. yeah, Larry. Larry <laughs> says. Larry says a lot of wheeze there. <laughs> yeah, and I appreciate that. I mean, I'm I'm further along with my walk in Christ, but I get I get that. I get that because I get that 
feeling of like, I've gone this far, man. How much do you want from me? Yeah. Like chill. I'm tired. Yeah. I'm, I'm tired of all the character sifting and the stretching and the cracking and bending and pulling. <laughs> I just, I just, can I just rest on my past accomplishments? Can I just rest on my laurels? You know, I was, I'm currently going through a season of life right now where God is working on me and my wife both. And, um, it, it's unpleasant right now. And, uh, you know, when you get out of that though, like I remember the way that felt. And whenever you get out of that, that's what I'm doing is like, I felt like I just, even though it was a year ago and I feel like you just get out of it mm -hmm. and now you're wanting me to go right back in to another one. Right. A little like, more time of rest. I was, I'm enjoying this part. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I you're that. wanting me to go right back into another one. And this one's going to be even more painful because I know what he's doing. I can see it. You're I building can see your it. endurance. Yeah. What does the Bible say? You know, I've been thinking a lot about that verse. It says, count uh, persecution all joy or count joy to be persecuted. Persecution um, uh, develops character, 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 character hope. Yeah. yeah character, yeah. hope, hope to, or mm -hmm. character, endurance, endurance to hope. Hope never fails us. So what, what the question is, is I had somebody state it to me one time is this God is either everything or he's nothing. What's your choice to be, you know, in these times when, when it seems like, man, you know, I don't deserve this. This is all coming down me. Why is everything not going my way? Why, you know, how come God's not doing what I want him to do, you know? And it's those, those moments in time where I'm really left with that one choice. God is either everything or is nothing. What am I going to decide? Cause I'm an extremist, man. I can't, I can't ride that middle of the fence i'm hot or cold yeah know? that's how i am I, i'm black I, or white like in or out like that's and it's just i'm in a weird spot man and i just i've been thinking about that i talked to zach Lindsay about it yesterday zach texted me today he listened to last week and he's like are you i mean i'm sure a lot of people are like is zach okay no I, i'm not deconstructing no. well no it's interesting because like larry said i do agree with him in the fact and when he says sitting here watching you you're not going through anything unique it feels unique. Right. No, no. But yeah. for your age and where you're at, man, I remember going through those exact same things. And, and you know, there are, there are times today I still get impetuous. And I'm, you know, I tell God, you know, doggone it. I kind of talk to him like Job. You know, what's going on here, yeah. man? Well, I mean, I'm doing what you want me to do. Why won't you turn your face towards me? And then you get through those seasons and you can always look back and see what he's doing, but never during them. Never. Yeah. But, but where are you looking for your encouragement? Right. God encourages us, but we have to be able we to, have to recognize it. it. We have I mean, to chase it. No, not only do you have to recognize it, but you have to accept it. Yeah. But, right. Okay. Like, like, listen to me. I have had so much confirmation this last week that God is watching me, that I am walking in his, the way that he has guided me to walk, that I have enjoyed having a confirmation. Zach coming over to the church. We Zach, had, a, we had almost fan, a full He brought room. his whole business. Wow. You know, and he That's brought cool. he brought his mom and he brought his cousin and, and so many different people. And they came here and filled up the church. That's so awesome. I mean, it was like awesome that we had talked with the guy. He came to the church. He was enthusiastic. We went to lunch with him. I had a guy. It was, it was good getting to know him. I had a guy come up in tears on the when we were at the altar at the mm -hmm. end of the service bawling and he said 
Zach, you don't have any idea yeah. what you're doing with this show. He's like, my mother hasn't been in church in some crazy number, 40 years. 35. And she was in church on Sunday. And he said, it's because of what you're doing. This movement you're doing is crazy. Don't ever stop. Yeah. And, and I came in right as he was talking to you. And then he went around the crowd and came out. And I, I saw him tearing. So I, I was going to pray with him, you know, because we had just got here from El Reno. Yeah. And so I was kind of talked to him for a second. And he started to cry. And, and now, so I'm talking to him. He says, everything Zach's doing in this podcast, blah, 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 blah. You know, and he, he was just overwhelmed. He told me about, you know, I think it was his aunt. Was it his aunt or his mom? It's his mother, yeah. Okay, mom. so he's Very Zach's, humbling. So he's Zach's yeah. brother? And I needed to hear that, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm in such a weird spot right now that that almost encouraged me. Not at all. I couldn't accept that encouragement because I know what I got to do. Listen, here's the problem is I have foresight into this. I've been given dreams and visions of what uh, a small idea of what the future mm. of my calling and the calling of this ministry is. And I think even if I wasn't given dreams and visions, we can all see the uniqueness of this thing. Very much so. And so this is a massive calling. And if you think that there's not, I mean, I still remember some of the stuff I said at the beginning, and I still run by that spot where I was yelling at those demons, and I was telling them, I'm coming, and you better hide your wives, hide your kids. I'm coming, and I'm going to take a bunch of people with me, you know? And now I run by that spot, and I go, oh. Right. <laughs> really? And they're going, you still coming? And I'm like, we'll talk about it later, <laughs> You know, it's like... I would be yelling and screaming, yes! <laughs> no, that, but, you know, like, it's like, I'm, 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 I saw this coming, and it's all great when you see it coming. It's all great, but when you're getting beat down, like, it's hard to have that same energy. Like, the demons are like, keep that same energy, and I'm like, man, give me some time. Like the demon, you know? uh, <laughs> like, listen, demons don't have a lifespan. Yeah, I'm not okay. quitting. I want to make that clear. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. I still have the same goals, um, but I just, there's some things I got to do, um, and I know what it's going to cause, and... Yeah, but look at the I, animal kingdom. I will do it. Okay? I'm getting this vision right now. That old lion that runs the pride was at one time a young lion that had the whole world ahead of him. He had to go through Noxon to be able to be the old lion. You can't be the old lion if you don't know how to be the old lion. I'm not an old lion yet. I look to the older guys in this church, Pastor Gary. I mean, those guys are the old lion. And technically, I can look back that I've only committed my life to the Lord for the last six years. Yeah. Six years. So I'm still new. So Pastor Kevin, Pastor Joseph, they're, they're older lion, inspiration. Yeah. To me, and I can recognize their older lions that have fought battles that I have not had to fight yet. Mm. And I can learn from them because I don't want to have to backtrack and go through that part of my life again. Somebody told me one time, <clears throat> there are two types of people in this world. I've shared this before. One that can learn from the experience of others and one that has to learn from their own experience. I'm Not wondering <laughs> if those type of people exist. Yeah. I, I, th I think that, that we're both. I think, except for a, a 
minority of really smart people who, who learn from others' experience right from the get-go. But for me... I don't Larry, learn. Yeah. yeah, no, I don't. You, I don't no. think I've ever learned from others. No, nope. no, I ever, had not to, one time. But the older you get, the more you beat your head against the wall. The more you learn that your wisdom, your will, your way, is ends in defeat and and broken relationships and futility and anger and and more drinking and more whatever yeah. you pile on it. Then you get to a point where you start. To, and I think that's what they call wisdom. You start learning from the experience of others and you open your circle and you widen out and you listen to what they have to say. And you think, well, you know, maybe I should try that. <laughs> yep. I, I, I mean, it took me a long, I've changed out many, many, many ceiling fans. Mm-hmm. Okay. It took me a long time to figure out that it's a smarter thing to flip the breaker then flip the light switch. Right. Okay. Because there's been enough times when um, the light switch got flipped while I'm holding the wires. It, yeah. You know, you, you got to learn it. That's right. Sometimes the hard way. I think it's interesting that you said you thought long about that too. You know? Well, it's a it's an important question, and it and it, and I don't even think that the um, whether hell exists or not is something that um, is the important question. And what made me think about that? Honestly, should it really play into our relationship with God at all? Well, at, that's why I said I said, um, like, the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge, right? But it's not the middle in the end. No, the fear of God it doesn't mean being afraid of God. It means His authority, getting right sized, respect yeah. for well, God. I don't know why they put that word fear in there. It's all the I'm way glad through you, there, and because I'm glad that's you an asked older it. term. It, I, when we learn that, it what we don't pay attention to is how the vernacular of this century has changed so much right, from the of vernacular course. of the past. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think I, I'm glad you asked that because I and I'm I'm that's I said that before you got here, I said it's gonna be the hardest thing I ever said, and which it was, but then Larry's always super understanding now, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know why where you that came from, but you've been like 30 episodes now, so I know it's here to stay. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um but I you're really easy to talk to and I appreciate it. But I was I wasn't scared because I knew what you were gonna say, but like it's just um like there's an element of me, you asking that question, there's an element of me that's trying to be like you, Larry, and Pastor Gary. There's an element a element of me that's subconsciously being fake. Right. That cause I'm not I don't love God the way I should, the way that you guys do. And I have to, in order, and I'm telling everybody that's listening to this too, if you want to move forward and if you want to um, get better and if you want something to change, you have to be honest and you have to be real and you have to recognize that. And that's what I'm doing right now is I'm recognizing that there's an issue. And in order for me to get to where I know I need to be, I have to come out and say that. And I've always been honest to you guys. Now, Always, it's usually a lot more easy to say this. This isn't for this isn't easy for me. It's hard for me to say that out loud. Like I can sit in my mm-hmm. little corner and change it if I wanted to, mm-hmm. but I I've always taken everybody that's here along with me in this journey, and that's where I'm at. And I'm just being honest that um, I'm not following the number one most important commandment, and it's not real. And I want to be authentic. I want to be real. I want everything I do to be genuine. Um, I'm tired of living a lie. 
and um, that's the way I want to be. And here we are. That's where we're at. I when you it. make that commitment to make that one the very first commandment in your life and the most important commandment, the commandment from number two, love your neighbor, that one becomes dramatically easier. Probably all of them become mm-hmm. easier. So, I but anyway, you sharing that. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, man. I'm because glad you're that's here. A, that's the hardest thing to do is confession. You know, yeah. we all want to project this. I got it all together. Everything's perfectly fine, especially as Christians, because we think that we've got to project something to others that ends up being, I think that's where all the church hurt came from. His people's yeah. good intentions. They want to project this right way. And yes, I'm strong in the Lord. And you know, you're not, and let me instruct you and lead you into the way you should go while they're dying inside. I know that's where a lot of the church hurt does come from is because there are a lot of people that's being fake and then people come in and then eventually pick up on that crap and it drives them out. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course, right. It's very hard. It's very hard for us. And that's one of the commands of the Bible. It says admitting your sins to one another. You know, it says that as a community that we're supposed to do that. So what you're modeling is beautiful. Yeah, it's it's hard, and I understand that. But we should we should do that. You got to admit if you want to move forward. And I know I know that's going to change my life that thought process. So I appreciate you saying that because even though maybe I don't agree with the concept of the question, but I agree with what um, what it has produced in your life. Right. And I think I don't think anybody should have a relationship with God only because they fear hell. Right. I don't think that's healthy for anyone, and it's dang sure not healthy for me. So. Well, lean not unto your own understanding right. does not necessarily mean that you can't ask for help with your thought process from your brothers. That's yeah. where the confession comes in when it being good for growth. Yeah. Okay, let's get to our guest. We're at 40. Um, her name's Nikki. Uh, Nikki's from Downanda. Australia. I'm going to show her my Australian accent. Mark, were you holding your eyes over there on my Australian accent? No, 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 no mate. <laughs> Good day, mate. Crikes. Um, anyway. <laughs> anyway, Nikki's from Australia. Um, we had to we had to shoot a little bit later today because she's like, listen, it's 7 a.m. here and I need my beauty sleep and I can't get up. Um, so she, um, we had to do a little bit later and we're happy to because Nikki is a former new age practitioner um, who's very recently um, converted to Christianity and wants to share her testimony, had dealt with the dark side of things. And so um, we're excited to talk to her. So let's go ahead and get to her, Nikki. How are you doing, Nikki? I'm good. I don't know what happened just then. Yeah, I don't I don't know either. You're, you're way down there. I was going to... Um, we were uh, we were oh, load shedding. We have friends in um we have friends in South Africa that talk about load shedding all the time. <laughs> What's that? Um, so in South Africa, they have because their electrical grid um it it stays a little busy. It gets overpowered, and so they have oh. to. Yeah, when it gets overpowered, they have to. Everybody has to shut off their electricity across the board for like I don't know, like eight hours a day or something like that. It's crazy. Oh wow! Yeah, it's called load shedding. So okay, um, everybody, well. <laughs> everybody in the room. Um, I want you to recognize everybody. I'm Nikki. I'm talking to everybody in the room. I want you to recognize that there's a little bit of delay. 
um, in the conversation because um, probably the distance that we are. So if you ask a question, okay. if you ask a question or anything like that, just try to give her time to respond and realize that it's probably just a delay happening in the audio. Okay. Good. Okay. okay. All right, Nikki. Um, thanks for coming on. Um, just to give you an idea. I don't, do you listen to the show at all? I think I've almost listened to all your episodes now. <laughs> Woo! Wow. All right. So, um, cool. okay, well, I'll explain the show just for any new listeners that might be listening. Um, we are the Help My Unbelief podcast. Um, we are a podcast that is primarily designed for people that don't believe the same thing that we do. Um, occasionally, we do have on a Christian um, that formerly... Um, was in something that we didn't believe in and they get to share their testimony. And that's what Nikki's here for today. Um, and we're excited to talk to her, uh, but we're going to go around the room and introduce everybody in the room today. Um, just in case you don't know them, I got my executive producer, Mark in the studio today. Hi, Nikki. Hi. Got my lovely wife, Angela. Hello. Hi, Ann. <laughs> Why'd you smile like that? <laughs> I'm smiling for the camera. Oh, okay. How about um, that? I don't know. <laughs> I've got my tall, dark, and handsome co-host, Larry, over here. Hello, Nikki. It's nice to meet you. And then... Hi, Larry. Then you've got me. I'm also tall, dark, and handsome. No, he's not. Okay, well... You you kind of <laughs> almost... You're, you're pale, dude. Well, and, and I'm tall, though. And you're short. Oh. So, you, well. yeah, I'll let you slide with the handsome part, but that's it. Okay. What, you, did you just call me handsome? Sure enough. That's what's up, dude. I just got a compliment from Larry. <laughs> Made my week. You've been getting a few. You've been getting a few. They're getting more and more. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess it is. Yeah, Becca commented today nice about me. So, yeah. Maybe people are starting no, to No, it's because me. you cried so much in the last two episodes about nobody... <laughs> You know, you're always the guy that gets beat up. That everybody's feeling mercy for you and giving you a little bit yeah. of patting on your back and rubbing your belly. Or well, that's Angela, but yeah, not the rest of us. But I just want to know this: Is that a kangaroo on your visor, Larry? Yes, I wore it in honor. Zach actually let me know that this young lady, Nikki, he didn't. He didn't. Let me rephrase that because he. We never know who we're talking to until we get here so i did not know male or female i didn't know anything about you except that you were from australia so i wore my australian visor today well, see, i got a I, kangaroo on it i was led to believe by that's some, awesome by somebody that um had hung around with some aussies for a while that they really don't like kangaroos that much because, because they're like tearing everything up well Is that yeah it was well, probably kind of like armadillos here yeah i got they're, they're they're quite vicious. They they they're not cute and bouncy like everyone thinks they are. They they're very vicious and they can grow yes. about oh, over six feet tall and they yeah. they will attack you. I, I <laughs> wouldn't want to. I wouldn't even want to. Uh, they're they're like us coming across a mountain lion. I, I got ain't gonna happen. I got a funny story about. Yes. I got a funny story about that. Like I know. A guy that used to work as a sound engineer, lead engineer for Pink Floyd for years, and they went on tour, worldwide tour, and they they were in Australia with you know Pink Floyd's huge get up, bunch of semis, and they he said they had these big huge grates on the front of them, and he was snoozing in the cab with with one of the drivers, and suddenly at ninety miles an hour or whatever, this guy just 
goes way off the highway over on the side. Boom, wham, hits a kangaroo who goes flying <laughs> oh off to the side and goes back onto the highway. And he's like, what just happened? He's like, they're rats. <laughs> oh, dude, I watched a video recently and I cried. I laughed so hard because uh, it was a video of a guy driving down the road and a kangaroo bounced across the road and he was like, stupid dingo. And he started screaming, right? And then the dingo like, or the kangaroo stopped and then it turned back around and looked at him and the guy's still driving and he starts to swerve away from him. But the kangaroo jumps back, jumps on the guy's hood, completely smashes it, smashes the windshield. And this guy is screaming. You can tell he's so mad at the kangaroo. It sounds like the kangaroo was mad because he called it a dingo. Yeah. Like we we apologize we apologize Nikki we're we're Americans which means that all we know about Australia is the dingo ate uh, your what, baby. Whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you know what? I'm married to a Texan, and he oh. was exactly the same one. All right, all right, right. All we all we know about Australia is the the fact that uh, quickly down under. Okay, and what was the other one? <laughs> The other one with uh, the came the, the Australian that came to America. Oh, the guy's like, let me show you my knife. Yes, this that is guy. a real knife. Yeah. Oh, oh, Crocodile, Crocodile Dundee. Dundee. Crocodile yeah, Dundee. Crocodile Dundee. That that shows our ignorance there Dude, for you. I, okay, just from this conversation right here, because we're trying to like overcompensate because we have an Australian here, I can see why the rest of the world hates us. Yes, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, stop being so millennial. Give her, give, her your, give her your Australian accent. You're waiting to do it. No, I'm not doing it. Come on, you just yeah, like... Yeah, come on. You just, hear it. you just like took the moral high ground. Yeah. I can't get you in That's all I know. Hold no, on. he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Crocs. It's hilarious. We got the, a, we got a know, ripper. I'll be honest with you. We had an, uh, a friend of ours, Darcy and I, when we were back in the day, yeah. uh, we had a friend of ours from Australia that was, well, I'll be honest with you, one of the bartenders that we visited with. And uh, yeah. so we called her Aussie. Uh, that's what she told us to call her. So, uh, But we played with the uh, accents. You know, like my yeah. wife and I, we, we have had our um, Australian night, and we, we would go out and play uh do any Australian accent all night long, especially if we weren't in our home establishment. Oh, I bet it was just horrible. Oh, it was, nice. it was, it was. But all, all the all the vodka helped, didn't it? Uh, well, help her, <laughs> right? The uh, but Aussie always would critique it. <laughs> That's funny, <laughs> Nikki. I'm so yeah, sorry. You We're just have to shorten. You just have to shorten all the words. We don't like to say full words. We like to shorten them all. Frozen on camera one. Okay, good. Um, Are we good? That yeah, if you left that one running, it's fine. We won't have a break there. I just kept talking. She don't have a clue what. Larry's going on. so good at just just talking. Larry, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Larry Larry is the main speaker at his own funeral. <laughs> yeah, will be the main speaker at my own funeral. <laughs> Oh, it's good to have him. Yeah, hey, I love him. I, I wouldn't have I it any am, other way. I've already got it videotaped and ready to go. What? I'm I'm the I'm going to do my own <laughs> oh, funeral. God, I'll I'll be rolling my eyes the whole time, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I actually told a mistruth there. 
Okay. So, um, are we recording there? Yes. Okay. So how much are we going to have to record? All, All right. Over. We're we're back. Oh, no, no, no. We've got the first part saved. It's fine. Okay. No. Okay, we're back. Nikki, in the history of the show, that has never happened. So the devil um, the devil must not want you um, to be on here. So, um, well, it, not, it used to no. freeze up um, in the beginning, um, didn't it? Like with, uh, but not that long. Yeah, so. the, re- the reason that uh, I kept the banter going Nikki is because I'm the non-technical guy here. Yeah. And everybody else was running around like, like, you know, basketball players on a basketball court running around shooting hoops, trying yeah. to figure out what the, what was going on. Yeah. Okay. So I want to go And you ahead. just have to have a conversation. Yes. See, and you didn't even know I was frazzled, did you? <laughs> all right. Not at all. I want to go ahead and get started um, on your interview because mm-hmm. I'm I'm very interested to speak to you. Um, you have a history. You have history in um, New Age uh, practicing, correct? Yes. Yep. Okay. And um, so, would you have considered yourself a Christian whenever you were doing that? And can you describe that a little bit more, like what, like what you were practicing back then? Um, yeah, so I, you know, if you asked me in the beginning that when I first started, I probably would have told you that I was a Christian without understanding what Christianity truly was. I think it was more just a a title. Um, and then when I got deeper and deeper into new age, I would have called myself like, a Buddhist or something along those lines um, just because those kind of beliefs over override the whole Bible Christianity teaching. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I always knew God existed. I didn't know that the God of the Bible existed. Okay. I always seen God as, as if you asked me who God was back then, I would have said God a hundred percent exists, and I love God. But God to me is the universe. God to me, because the the things that I was experiencing showed me that the God of the Bible wasn't real. I guess I, if that's the easiest way for me to put that. So you were, um, I mean, you were practiced that we've learned a lot about new age spirituality and that kind of embodies of what, what you're saying there. You kind of have a relationship with the universe and where, where do you think that kind of stuff was leading you? So in the beginning, um, it was more, I think when I was younger, so I would say when I was about around the ages of seven, eight, um, my cousin, she would, she was a little bit older than me and she was very into new age practices and she would go to mediums all the time and um, they would end up telling her without me being there that your your younger cousin, um, you know, they would tell her information about me and say that I was gifted and say that, you know, I should be doing what they're doing. And then she would come to me and tell me those things and I didn't quite understand them. 
but I think I was being being groomed at a very young age to just instantly start to believe that. Um, and it wasn't long after that that I then started seeing spirits and I guess I believed then in reincarnation. Um, that kind of led me down that path. Um, so I think I, I didn't really have, I didn't really have an understanding. It's like you're constantly searching and searching and searching and you're kind of coming up with different answers all the time and they're contradicting each other, but you still believe them. Like that's how deceptive it is. And that's how like crazy minded it is. And it's funny looking back on me now, I think like, how did I even get so deep? Like how did those things be told to me and how did I see those things and believe that they were truth? Because it's just so far fetched and it's so bizarre that for some reason it made sense under that deception. Yeah. If that makes sense. So you, you, you had a spiritual gift and people picked up on that pretty quickly that you had that gift, but instead of, because I'm sure you still have that gift, but instead of turning it towards using that gift towards God, he's using it towards the world. Essentially tell describe to me just very, very much. I'm interested in stories like this. I don't know why you can call me a, I don't know, a spiritual junkie if you want, but like, tell me a story when you were younger of like the most, the scariest or the most intense experience you had with a spirit whenever you um, hadn't quite honed your skill yet. Um, yeah. So when I was younger, younger, um, before I could comprehend, I guess, the spiritual realm properly, I was having crazy bad nightmares. I was having sleep paralysis. Um, that happened regularly. I had an immense fear of death, even though I was seeing the dead, I guess you could say. <laughs> even though we know it's not, but that's what I was seeing. Um, those things happened when I was younger. Um, and then as I got older, I had experiences that I can, it literally feels like it was yesterday. I can still see the, the demons manifested the way they were. Um, they, would, they would physically touch me. And I, I don't know how to explain that now, I guess, for people to understand, but they they touched me in a way that it's like you felt completely violated and and disgusting and 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 I seen them like with my own eyes. I seen them in front of me, and there was one night, and I think this is probably the scariest encounter I had. Um, I was woken up. It's always around 3 a.m., but I was woken up around 3 a.m. and I was being I was being attacked, um, I guess, in like a sleep paralysis way. Um, when I opened my eyes, I'd seen like a black shadow demon on top of me. Um, my bed was shaking and it was off the ground shaking. and 
I had a big tank next to my bed and I had like a bearded dragon in it, my pet. And he was smashing against the glass, choking, and he was foaming at the mouth. And I think everything was happening so fast, I couldn't quite like, grasp it. But in that time, I didn't know to call on Jesus. I was calling on Archangel Michael. That's what who I believed would protect me. Um, and I quickly called out. To Archangel Michael and I was asking for protection and it stopped but afterwards I was so it felt like I'd been hit by a truck I was so drained um, I, I couldn't go to work the next day um, and unfortunately instead of you know looking further into that what like I seen a demon with my own eyes my bed was shaking I wasn't imagining it it, it happened um, instead of looking, you know, to a Christian for help, I went straight to a medium and asked what it was. And, I, and and it was just justified as, you know, you're letting bad spirits in with good spirits and that's just the things that happen, Yeah, they, unfortunately. They, and I wasn't... They give you an idea that you have control over it. You don't need to call out anybody that you just need to go through and, and run some sage through your house and you'll be fine that like you've got complete control of it. When in reality, that if you don't have Jesus, you don't got control of nothing. Amen. No, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And and I can I can testify to that now because when I look back on all those all those experiences there were times where like I was laying in bed and I felt something coming over me, like touching me. And I looked behind me and it was a demon. It was a black shadow demon with red eyes. And all these things were happening to me when I was like, conscious, like I seen them. Um, and for some reason I still continued to go deeper and deeper, even though they were manifesting to the way that they were showing me themselves. I still, went down that path um i always had some kind of answer for what it was and i i dumbed it down all the time i um when now i look back i'm like that that was terrifying i want to talk about something real quick something i've been thinking about a lot lately somebody asked me a question um i mean it was months ago i think it was after jess meets travel came came on um you remember jess right yep um, after she came on, it might've been someone soon. It might've been Indy or something might, may have been someone way back in the day that came on, but someone asked me, they said, Zach, have you ever wondered why it's always women that have experiences like this? And I, when it, whenever, whenever they asked me that, it made me go, Hmm, I wonder why that is. And I've always like thought about it since then. And I think I think I have somewhat of an answer of why it's women because one of the reasons is when she's sitting there telling that story about her bed levitating off the ground and her dog smashing against the window and foaming at the mouth. Not dog. Bearded dragon. dragon. Oh, I'm sorry. Bearded dragon. Was that what it was? Yeah. I heard baby dragon. I'm sorry. I was like over here shivering in my boots. It was a lizard. But (laughs) if that happened to me, I would become bubble boy. Well, women's brains are much more complex when it yeah. comes to communication and and 
they're more spiritually in tune with themselves because, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's because men can't be. I think it's because we don't allow ourselves to be that we have to be strong and stuff. But I mean, if you, you, you talk to me all the time, I genuinely think that more men have more spiritual experiences and they're afraid to talk about it because I understand like, you know, I talk about my demonic experiences, my visions and my conversations with God. Uh, That's not easy for me to talk about. Mm-hmm. Like you remember in the beginning when I used to tell you guys, you'd be like, I know you guys are going to think I'm weird. And Larry would be like, bro, what are you talking about? Like I'm so spiritual. And, and it took a while for me to get to where I could trust you guys. But that was, even though I'm in a Pentecostal church right now, and I know it's okay for me to talk about, I still hesitated to talk about it because I don't want people to perceive me as weird. Women, women, they don't really care that they'll, they'll tell you their experiences. You know, I think so. Whoever asked me that question six months ago, there's your answer. I uh, finally got it to you. <laughs> yeah, I, I did want to say this. How come it's always women? It was women from the beginning. In the beginning, there was Adam and Eve. Who did Satan first manifest himself to? Yeah. Eve. Now, I'm not going to, I'm not some patriarch that's going to sit here and, you know, say it's all women's fault. It's none of that. Yeah, but, she's but like, Adam, I heard the snake talk. Eve, it's all in your head. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I, I don't know. That's I that's a really terrifying experience that happened to you. And first of all, I want to say I'm I'm sorry that happened to you, but I'm also a part of me and I'm sure you think this way too. Like I'm glad you're getting a hold of your spiritual gift mm-hmm. and I'm glad that you went through that stuff and you found the found the truth because spirituality's cool. Like like whenever I had Jess Meets travel came on. Um, dude, what she's doing with her prayer life is so cool, Matt. Like after she came on the show and I don't really talk to her that more. We interact with each other on, um, social media and stuff, but like what she's doing is she's posting the videos and she's praying and she's stepping into her calling it. Like she gives me goosebumps. It's pretty clear that that's her calling that intercessory prayer calling. And now we have Nikki on here and she has a calling Two of spirituality, you know, pr- most likely intercessory prayer as well, if we're being honest. And it's just really cool seeing God pour out his uh, spirit on all people in these last days and getting to see. I love watching people work. Mm-hmm. I love whenever God gives someone a gift and then they and they use it. That's so cool to me. It's almost like a it's almost like a superpower. Right. You know what I mean? I kind of see it that way as well. You know, when, when somebody's operating in in there spiritual gift from the lord it is like a superpower it's so I mean, cool it really is it's so fun to watch it's you so hang fun out, to watch you hang out with brother bob you see the holy spirit all over him all yeah. the time yep you hang out with larry you same thing you know you get to learn who has those why is it women i don't know I, i've heard one thing is god comes to the women men have to go to god you always see the man on the mission up to the mountaintop to to encounter god but every time there was a mention of a interaction between a woman and god it was always god, god, god it came to them i i don't i don't I know like, what this like what the significance of that is uh other than men won't believe what we see yeah and, and women will well that's the thing you remember me like i i say it out loud now do you remember that one night whenever there this guy that was um he kept calling himself bishop Oh yeah, you remember the, that? Yeah, I and remember he, that. And he ca- he called himself a Christian, and but really what he was, he was a snake in the grass, and he was yeah. disguised as a Christian, and he was a voodoo priest. 
mm-hmm. and he astral projected in my house, and God showed me a glimpse <laughs> of that in a vision. And you think I wanted to call Larry up and be like, hey, Larry, um, a voodoo priest disguised as a Christian astral projected over my house last night. You think I want to tell somebody that? <laughs> I'm not stupid, dude. You think I want to, like, no. like that? I mean, But I am grateful that you you knew that you could. Yeah. That, yeah. You, that, that you could bring yeah. that to me and then I wouldn't wouldn't but, have a but a we still have to preface this be like larry i know this sounds crazy and i know Always. this is gonna sound super weird every conversation <laughs> i have with you starts with that yeah, yeah. <laughs> nikki how, how old are you hon i'm 35 35 oh. all right so you're right pretty close yeah. there to uh to zach as well yeah i'm so, 35 so, as well so when you can yeah no you're close <laughs> i didn't say exactly um at what point you made a mention that you didn't you called out to the Mike to Michael instead of to Jesus and I'm going to ask were you raised Catholic by chance no I wasn't no um I wasn't raised in any religion to be honest um I think that was my biggest downfall as to why I fell into spirituality so easily is because that's the only thing I really heard um, as at a young age. So how, um, why would you think to to uh, call out to Michael? In New Age, um, actually, one of my biggest New Age teachers, who's now a Christian, Doreen Virtue, I'm not sure if you've heard about her, um, but she, she did angel readings and um, she would always say that Archangel Michael is the protector, who's the one that you call to for protection. And I think that was just ingrained in me that that angels were surrounding us all the time and they were there for our calling. Um, obviously, I know different now, but I think the things that were being shown to me as well, some of them, like I, I do talk about the demonic a lot, um, those experiences were so profound and so real and so intense. But I did also have a lot of experience that I would say were angelic. And that's where, you know, that Bible verse that says Satan Musgraves as an angel of light is the truest statement because a lot of the things that I got to experience, I couldn't explain. And it was, it, it made it like in those moments, it was like miracles and it was beautiful um, and it gave you joy in that moment, but it was always followed up later on with a demonic experience. So I think it was, um, it was those good experiences that made me believe what I was being taught, especially that Archangel Michael was true. Well, I've, I've understand that because I've said that over and over that ugly can't tempt you. You know, we, we, mm-hmm. we, I don't know how it is down there, but here in America, we, we tend to, uh, paint Satan with red horns and red, big, mean, ugly guy. That's scary, scary. And demons are always scary, scary. But in all honesty, they were angels. And as the description says about Satan and, or Lucifer, same person, no matter what y'all people think, uh, same personage in spirit. 
Lucifer was the mm. angel of light, most beautiful angel. That's why there was pride found in him. And that in itself, why would he tempt us with the ugly part? Just like if, if um, <clears throat> it's hilarious, not hilarious, that's the wrong word, but it is wrong that, you know, when you, when you already know, because there's plenty of, of, of graphic information in the movies and stuff like that, but um, when you already know what addiction looks like, because of the how it's portrayed in the movies, and yet you think you're going to be the one that can take the drug and not be addicted to it. Yeah. So many mm-hmm. people believe that. How does that drug get your attention? Yeah. You know, there's something in it that draws your attention that doesn't show you the ugliness of it. It shows you the, the mm-hmm. upside of it. Dude, you remember that vision I had yeah. of Satan a long time ago? Remember I told you guys about it on the show? The vision of Satan I had and that re-enlighten us. Cause I'm, I'm sure she probably missed it as well. Um, so God gave me a vision, which we'll talk. I'll, I'll talk about why God gave me that vision later when I'm through what I'm going through right now. I don't think it's appropriate for me to talk about it. Like okay. I'm through it already, but I'll tell you the vision I had. Um, mm-hmm. but I was praying one day and I saw a picture of a man that, um, that, uh, he was very pale looking but he was, he was a good looking guy and his eyes were bright, 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 bright blue, like bright blue, like almost like he had lights behind him and, um, good looking guy, young, normal looking guy only saw from like the shoulders up. And then I heard God whisper to me, he's here. And then six, 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 I saw six, six, six. And it was in red and it was underlined like the hundred percent symbol on the phone. It looked like that, but it, but it said six, six, six. And I heard he's wow. and I, I heard he's here. And I know why he was here now. And I'm like that's the part I'm not gonna talk about until I'm through it. I don't feel like it's appropriate for me to talk about that now. As you know, I'll we'll talk understand. about it later. But let me finish that. Uh, oh, and I I'm gonna tell you remind me guys to tell you guys about that once we're not recording. I don't want that the next part to go out on the air because that that'd be we'd get canceled overnight. But um <laughs> What I do remember about this guy that I saw in the vision was that I could tell he didn't have any blood in him. He had no oh, wow. He had no color at all. None. He didn't have any blood in him. He had no blood. Because the life are the life is in the blood. Mm-hmm. This person had no life in him. Ann Rice wrote a book about that, the vampire Lestat. Really? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Being, being immortal. Yeah. I could tell um whatever this was I seen it just that that's yeah, what made him gook, but <laughs> that's what made him look not attractive to me was because like I mean everybody wants a little color in him and stuff like this, this thing didn't have any color in him his eyes were real pretty and he looked like a young vibrant dude but he had no color in him and I could tell he was just dead just dead well, he was very wanna, like bluish gray I want to ask a question of uh, Nikki uh, Nikki describe yeah. describe. For for me, if you would, us your your transition. What yes, that's what it was like. What happened? What what is it like now? Yes. Yeah, so when my husband moved here, um, going on two years ago now, my husband grew up Christian. Um, he when I met him, he'd he'd always he knew Jesus was Lord, and and he. He had a strong faith, 
um, I think when I met him, he was just kind of lost, um, you know, wasn't living the straight Christian lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, the first conversation we ever had, he, he talked to me about God. He asked me what I believed in. And, and of course I said, I 100% believe in God. Um, obviously it wasn't the same God, but um, we didn't really get into too much detail. And then when I went over to Texas, um, I was going to church um, and I felt like on fire for Jesus. I felt like I, I just loved Jesus, had a passion for Jesus, but it was very still new age Jesus where Jesus was just all love and light. Nobody went to hell. Hell didn't exist. Um, and, you know, just learning about Jesus made me happy, mm-hmm. but I still didn't know exactly who Jesus was. Um, and then when I moved back here and he came back here, I don't know what happened. I, I, I couldn't tell you, but I just raved new age again. And so my husband would go to work and I would sit here and I would just listen to new age teachers and I would be doing my tarot cards again. I'd be doing my angel cards again. And I kept trying to justify them to him. And I was like, you know, you need to open your mind more. You know, like, you need to believe in what I believe in a little bit more. Because I think the biggest thing with New Age is it, it, it teaches you that you become prideful. You think that you know more than Christianity because you have all this secret knowledge um, I knew more than my husband knew because I experienced things. And I think that was my biggest argument is that I, I could experience things that he just sat there and read the Bible in my eyes. I'm like, well, you know, that's not enough. You need to be experiencing things, which I am. So follow me. And I would, I would try to pull him in all the time. And for two years, he kind of let me go. He, he, he would pray for me when he wasn't around me and pray that my eyes were open, which I didn't know he was doing that until I was saved and he told me. And whenever I would try to pull him into new age, he would respond with, like, but, but why did Jesus die for us? What, what was the purpose of Jesus? And, and each time he would, he would ask that. I, I had no answer. I had no foundation of Christianity. I would just, I was like, well, it was symbolic, you know, oh, Jesus was a good teacher. You know, Jesus came here to teach us love. Um, but there's no way a loving God would create hell. There's no way. And, and, you know, I would give him all this feel. And, and, and he, stood, he stood true in his faith, but he, he did let me go. And I, and I think he, he did say God was kind of telling him as well, like, she's, she's okay. I'll, I'll get her there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's so cool. Cause that's, how, then, that's how God works for real. A hundred percent. And you know, Nathan could have, could have preached to me all day and night. And I would have an argument for it. So that, that to me now proves that you actually don't really do anything. You can plant seeds, but, but it's God. Amen. And so all that, all that that happened 
um, throughout the two years. And mind you, you know, we were fighting a lot, arguing a lot. I was very depressed. I was getting dark. Um, I had this grudge against my husband. I was anxious all the time. And, and I couldn't tell you why. It was just these manifestations of evil, I guess. And anyway, the last, the last night, which was, I think I was saved in February this year. Um, we were watching TV and something came on about um, people being touched by the Holy Spirit. And um, I think it was one of the charismatic churches and they were falling backwards and uh, having these laughing fits and things like that. And, and Nathan had experienced that years ago. And I, I said to him, I, I turned to him and I said, because that to me was an experience. And I, and I turned to him and I said very, very angrily and very evilly. And I don't know how this, I don't know where this came from. I would just say it was Jesus calling the darkness out of me in that moment. But I turned to him and I said, so your experience is real, but mine's not. So, so you can fall backwards and be touched by the Holy Spirit, but I can't see dead people. That's what you're trying to say. Like, you know, all these spirits that are coming to me, they're not real, but your experience is real. And Nate was in shock and he was like, well, yes, like the Holy Spirit can touch you. It, you know, it, it can, but, but Nikki, you can't speak to the dead. Like that's not biblical. It's not real. And we would have this, this argument about it. And the more it, the more intense it got, like I, I, it's almost like I took a back seat in my own body and I could, it's like I could see myself becoming more and more angry and the evil eyes that I was giving my husband. And then he started bringing up Jesus and he kept bringing up, why did Jesus die on the cross for our sins? And I was like, we're not sinners. And I was getting mad. And I was, I was getting so mad that to the end of that whole debate and argument, I threw my hands up and I said, I'm an atheist. I'm done. I'm done with this. Nothing makes sense to me. You believe in this. I believe in this. There's all these other people out there that believe in all these other things. None of it makes sense to me. And I was like, I'm done. And Nate got really upset and he, I think he had his Bible app and he just kept like reading the Bible and praying while this was happening. And I got up and I went in the bathroom just to get away from him because I was looking at him like, honestly, like I could kill him. Sure. And, and that's not, not me. And, and I, I could feel that that wasn't, me like something had taken over and was speaking through me because the more Jesus was brought up the eviler I got towards what Nathan was saying and when I went into the bathroom there was a mirror kind of off to the side and, and in front of me and I I knew not to look in that mirror because I was going to see a demon's face looking back at me through my as my face and I seen the demonic face I seen it in my my mind and I knew that that demon was 
going to be looking back at me and I knew not to look in the mirror and I was just still so angry and full of rage that I went back to bed and I didn't pray. I didn't, I didn't, I knew that that demon was, was there, but I didn't do anything about it. Anyway, we went to sleep and, and woke up the next morning and I, again, had felt like I'd been hit by 10 trucks. I could hardly keep my eyes open. I felt like my my entire being was drained of life. And there was a YouTube video um, that popped up and it was from, from New Age to Jesus. And I had seen that a couple of weeks ago and Nathan said, that would be good for you to watch. And I was fuming that he even suggested that. I was like, I don't want to watch that. <laughs> and then anyway, something, and I, I, I can only say this is, this was God that forced me to click on that video because I was mad and I did not want to watch that. And I sat there and she started talking and it was almost like she spoke directly into me and was like, she was telling her experience. And I kept looking at Nathan and I was like, that's me. Like, that's me. That's what I'm doing and she's experiencing demons and her friend got possessed and 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 she's seen all these things and and I'm like that's me like I experienced those things and then at the end of her testimony she was talking about Jesus and she said you know I gave my life to Jesus and all of that went away and she looked like she was showing clips and photos of her back when she was playing with demons and she Compared to now, she looked bright. She looked healthy. Um, and I I got up after that finished and I walked in the bathroom and I, I, I said to Jesus, like, I'm yours. Like, I'm yours. Take, take me. And it was very quick and it was just very, like, I didn't quite know what I was doing, but I was like, I, I'm, I'm yours, Jesus. And in that moment, I walked out of that bathroom Everything was different. I could see that the demonic realm was just taking over everything. I knew Jesus was God. I knew the Bible was real. Even though I hadn't opened it and read it properly yet, I knew. I, I knew everything that I had been through in my life was, was wrong. I knew that it was all deception. And my anxiety left me. My depression left me. I had this overwhelming love for my husband and again. Um, I just was on this completely different realm. Wow. You were, I, like you... even just, it was, yeah, when, when, when they talk about being born again, that right. is so real. Right. It's that... so real. And it happens in a split second. I want to bring up something real quick that that's it's not in line i know we're like in a super spiritual um mood right now but i want to talk about something that's a little more fundamental in christian relationship and it's very simply comes down to men be like nathan and the reason why i say that is because nathan literally handed his wife over to god 
you know how much turmoil he was probably going through whenever his wife was like that and how much pain and agony and suffering that he was going through. Yes. I mean, it reminds me a lot of what you yes. talk about with Darcia yes. and Nathan was literally a model. I'm sure he had his moments. I'm not saying he was perfect, but no. Nathan literally but he sat stood there strong on his faith. I he, mean, like he stood and he strong gave, gave God, gave Nikki to God and said, he, she's yours. And then look at, look at Nikki now. Like, can you imagine how strong of a woman Nikki is that if she aligns herself with Jesus, which she's done now, do you know how much of an asset she is to that relationship now? Yes, I do. Yeah. I yes, mean, it's, I do. it's probably just insane and how much it's helped his life. Like, because he stepped out in faith and went through that uncomfortable time, now he has Nikki and her true self in her calling and she's she's taken that family to the next level now and a powerful woman is like i mean i don't without angela in my life i have no clue like i can't even fathom of any type of success in my nah, life you'd whatsoever be, you'd be a leaf blowing in the wind yeah that's you, what i'm saying she gives like, you structure yeah i i would love to interview nate because the similarities i would i would love to hear what gave him the strength to do and and have you ever talked did, to him about it, Nikki? Like what I did. Have you asked him like how he felt in that time and and like what he went through while you were going through all that? Yeah, we have spoke about it. Um, he he would probably love to talk to you about it. Um, I know he said that he would he would you know leave for work in the morning and he would just keep praying to God in the car about like, please open her eyes, you know, like, because I think once he realized, in the beginning, I don't think he knew I wasn't saved because I was so, I was such a, you were so inclusive. a God lover. Yeah, you were so inclusive. And, and right. I, I, yeah, I did. And, and I was willing, like, I went to church with him. I, I did all the things. I wanted Christian friends, but, um, I think when we moved back here and then I started to bring up new age and I was really, I'm like, now I just see it as the demons were trying to pull him over to their side um, through me because the things that I was saying to him, I'm like, I can't, I, I look back and I'm like, why did I, like, why was I saying those things? Why did I, why did I do those things in those moments? Um, and I know once he realized I wasn't saved, he did tell me like his heart broke, like he didn't know what to do. This, um, this the is only what, thing he knew what to do was to give me God. I want to bring up another point of your story, and I want to bring up um, how most people act like, just like, just like the Bible says that um, that everyone has like a subconscious understanding of God, right? And the spiritual realm, everyone does atheists, agnostics. All. And I know we have a bunch of, uh, of our atheist friends and stuff that are going to say, no, I definitely know. And we understand that. We understand that you truthfully, but we believe that maybe subconsciously you understand the spiritual realm. And I want to give an example of that in something that Nikki said right now. Okay. Even though Nikki was just kind of in the spiritual world, dancing around she brought up a story where right at the end where she came to the end of herself and she was like, you know what? I'm an atheist then. I'm going to be an atheist. I'm done. 
she knew that what at that moment she knew that what she had been following wasn't the truth anymore and instead of going with the way her stupid husband was telling her to go she's just going to depart from it all and then she went into the bathroom and then whenever mm-hmm. she went in the bathroom she refused to look at herself in the mirror because she know she knew what she was going to be looking at how did she know that i've had moments like that to where i was right. afraid to look in the mirror because i knew that what I was going to be looking at wasn't going to be me or I wasn't going to like what I was looking at. I knew it was going to be something demonic. I think we have a subconscious understanding of what's going on in the spiritual world at all times. I think all of us do. And I think, and I think we just have to learn how to tag into that. And Nikki's just has the brain and she has that open-mindedness to be able to tag into it. She knew what she was going to look at and she refused to look at it because she had an understanding what was going on in the spiritual realm. Nikki, did you ever, did you go back and look at the mirror and were you happy with what you saw? Before I was saved? No, after. Because it sounded like you didn't look in the mirror whenever you knew what you were going to look at. It sounded like you didn't look in it. and but That night, yeah, yeah, that, that night I, I had this, I had this knowing that if I, I looked at if, if I looked in the mirror and, and it looked back at me, I would have been what I believe to be possessed. That was that night is what I believe would have happened um, if I if I gave it that acknowledgement. Um, I do believe that that's what would have happened that night because the feeling, like the, the evil feeling I felt, um, was definitely taking over me pretty quickly. Um, when I look in the mirror now, I mean, it's taken, I, I feel, now I feel just like God's child. If that, if I can, if I can say that in, in any kind of way that like makes sense when I look at myself, but I, I, I struggled with self-esteem. I, I struggled, like I, struggled with the way I looked all the time and I was so mad at myself all the time and uh, and now I'm just you know it's not exactly all you know wonderful but I definitely see myself now as God's child and if any of those feelings you know trickle back in my mind it's always counteracted straight away with but I made you and if I made you how could you be any less than you know what, what you believe you are like like you are my child but before that it was just evil it was just just a, a, a disgusting feeling of myself and what was surrounding me or inside of me and i mean i played with demons like yeah <laughs> nikki like, you nikki, know I like gonna... I, I can't even imagine how many i have yeah, I'm sorry. We we had a little pause there, but I have a question for you. Um, I don't. Are, I, I'm assuming yeah. you're back in Australia now. What um, what is the state of Christianity in Australia? Would you say it's growing? Would you say it's shrinking? Um, or is it staying the same? Like what? How is how's Christianity doing in Australia? Well. I only knew one true Christian um, when I lived down the coast. 
Um, I worked with her. Um, I, I honestly didn't really know any Christians. There's, it's like when I was in Texas, it was everywhere. Um, everybody was a Christian, and you know, even you know, people that may not have acted, they still believed in Christianity here. I think the last time I checked, I think four, it was 43, 44% of Australians were Christians. But over the last, I think it was three years, the growing, um, the growing religion is Hinduism. Oh. And when I lived on the coast, so Australia has a very um, new age lifestyle. It's very veganism. It's very yoga. It's a way of life. It's just all well-being. Um, now since moving to the country, uh, we're around a bit more of a an old-fashioned way of life, I guess. Um, but we are struggling to find Christians here um we've been to a church here in town but it's mainly old people (laughs) like the older generation angela do you remember do you remember i was gonna ask you do you remember um a long time ago i'll see if you remember me saying this but um last year god had me and angela we we had no clue why but god had me and angela go get our passports and do you remember how i told you that god had me that I didn't know why, but God had me had me brought up Australia. He didn't tell me to go. God hasn't commanded me to go, but had He popped Australia in my mind, and I'd I'd always wondered since God popped that in my mind, like what the state of it was. If they needed like ministers down there or something, I don't know. There's but not very many churches, huh? Yeah, a hundred percent, we do. Yeah, that's what I don't know. I God hasn't commanded me to go there, but last year God had me and there's still my passport is still sitting there collecting dust in that um in that drawer and God brought up Australia in my mind and I know God, we t- talked about the window visions before and I had brought up speculation that the the third window vision that I had was making a very hard decision of possibly leaving the country. And God said it's going to be the hardest decision I've ever had to make in my life. And that's me speculating. That's what it is. That's God's given me no hints to that whatsoever. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I might see you down under. Maybe I can work on my, (laughs) maybe I can work on my accent and preaching. And then do you look, do you look crossed? You love Christ. Oh, my goodness. An Aussie with an Oklahoma accent. That's terrifying. Amazing. Turn your Bible to Romans 8, 28. How do you actually do that with both accents? I don't know. Am I doing that? that? Am I doing Oklahoma with that? Yeah, it's like like an Australian. Redneck. A backwood redneck (laughs) Australian. Yeah, dude. I don't know. Yeah, there's almost a bit of that Liverpool English in there as well. Yeah, right. It's yeah. kind of going in between. Cockney. A little Cockney. So, yeah. you're, so you're saying I'm going to have a tough time blending in. Okay. Well, it's fine. That's fine. We'll figure it out. No, don't blend in down here. Stand out. Get people to follow you. Yeah. Okay. I know that if it came down there, it would take less than a year before that's that accent would stick in him. I know. I'd get rid of it. just like Madonna. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, he'd be like stuck. <laughs> come back from a little trip to London talking with an English accent. Yeah. Okay, so we're um, <laughs> we're at 148. Let's go ahead and do the rounds. We're going to do the rounds. Um, Nikki's familiar with the rounds now, so um, she's listened to the show. So, Nikki, you know the rounds. We're going to go around the table, and everybody's going to say something in parting, and then at the end, you'll get your final say um, out here. So let's go ahead and do it. Mark? Hey, Nikki. Um, thanks for sharing what you did. I, you know, it's listening to you talk. There's so much in that relation in the, your relationship with your, your struggle there. And then the relationship between you and your husband, I think me and Larry can both identify with and in, in relationships, um, that, that we've had, I, I, I believe that that demonic oppression is real. I believe that Satan works in degrees and it's it's before before we know it we end up somewhere we thought we would never be i know that i've experienced that in my life and it didn't happen just at once i didn't just suddenly think yeah i think i'm going to go out here and do this and experience that um it happened just in very small little degrees and uh you know i've been through um, process of deliverance where, where I've had, I've had demonic oppression taken off of me. So I know the exact sensation that you're talking about from this pit of futility and rage. And that's what makes you wonder, where is all this rage coming from? I, I think it comes from the fact that Satan knows his destination and he wants to take as many of us as he can with him. And when we come into alignment with his will, he starts filling us with the same type of anger about anything that comes from light. You know, it comes from God and Jesus. So thank you for sharing that. What a wonderful uh, testimony you have. It's been a pleasure. Larry? Larry, you're good. Okay. First off, I really appreciated this conversation, Nikki. Um. The, the thing that concerns me is that you really don't have a place to connect with in the church. Um, that helps keep you strong, and I'm sure your husband can understand that. And, yes, America has churches on pretty much every, almost every corner, every neighborhood. You know, I mean, we here at Discovery are within range of Stone's like throw. Eight, eight churches. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you know? of course we're in Oklahoma. Oh, wow. It's a Bible Belt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, seven of like... them aren't. Seven of them. Let's remember that seven of them aren't aren't teaching you what you need to know, though. Probably. Well, I'm. I'm <laughs> Did not you just I'm say not, that? I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm not saying well, that. Did you just say that? <laughs> well. No, yeah. You Jesus can't said it first in the right in the beginning book of Revelations. I'm not breaking any news yes. that didn't nobody knew. Yeah. So. So anyway, I'm Man, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're you saying did, they're not. You just Christian had everybody freak us out. But no, I really, I really can enjoy your story because the similarities between um, what Nate was able to do. How does he keep his strength and teach you to follow after Christ without a church to help guide you as well? That's, I mean, that would be very hard without that, that, um, strength. Cause Support I don't think system. I would have been able to do, uh, I, I was raised in the church, walked away from the church, came back later, but I don't think that I would have been strong enough had 
I not had the support of the church giving me. He must an have ability. been just like really grounded. He like had to in be, God. Like, yeah. I mean, like way grounded, but yet, like she said, you know, he, he was a Christian that was un, not practicing at that time. So, I mean, like they didn't meet in a church, dude, you know? Sounds like he was practicing to me. He would have had to have been practicing yeah. a lot more than he let on, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, He's probably wow. just like, like you, like whenever God tells you, whenever. Whenever you want to say something to the guest and he pulls it back, that's probably what was happening with Nate. Like Nate was probably wanting her to convert now and be like, what did I get myself into? Oh, like, yeah. stop. And then God say, no, Nate, let her go. I've got her. Trust me. Relax. And he's being guided by the Holy Spirit this whole time. Yeah, you that, know what I mean? That was the hardest thing because with Darcia was because I gave her to God. I did not know that I was doing the right thing. I was just being obstinately hard-headed. But I was doing the right thing because yeah. I gave her to God and I backed out of the way. God can't, could not do that interaction if I kept interrupting right, but, what God was doing in, in but Darcia. But let's clarify. You didn't back out of the way like, you can have her now, God, and give her the cold shoulder and and the silent treatment all the time. And it was always, no. it was always I'm giving up my right, my right to change this person. Yeah. I can't change this person only you can lord i'm gonna love this person and pray for the change to you yeah i i didn't my only part was the prayer you know i mean because that's all i could do but i couldn't pray about her to her or in front of her no i had to continually lift her up into prayer when i was away um because Mm -hmm. i wouldn't i wasn't sure if that would create conflict but my whole goal was i just needed to get out of god's way that's all i kept feeling in my spirit be still know that i am god seek god first and i'm actually wearing a shirt today matthew six thirty three. seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you and the only thing i wanted was to have a wife that was god fearing that you know that understood everything I knew about God and, and the direction that we needed to take as a family. That was not her then. Right. You know, and for God to do what he did and deliver completely from alcohol was amazing. And to me, that is amazing. And that I do believe that alcoholism is caused by demonic activity, but the demonic activity mm-hmm. that poor little Nikki here was going through was a, as learned behavior as much as prejudice is mm. a child such as Jonah is not a prejudice by nature. Right. Okay. But he can be taught to be prejudiced. Mm-hmm. She was taught because of the lifestyle that she was uh, raised in, that this was a normal kind of thing. I'm curious, Nikki, if some of that is, and man, I don't, I'm not trying to make anything bad up about it, but it does this have anything to do with the beliefs of the Aborigines? Because that would be the native Australian. Yeah, they they were very very spiritual, um, and Australia does. You know, it, it's just got a very just a spiritual sense to it. Like even now, walking with Jesus. And, and being a Christian, you look around Australia now and it's it's kind of sad and it's, it's depressing because we, 
we don't have that, you know, strong church fellowship background here. We just don't. There um, will be. And I'm not saying that there's no. Yeah, there's, I, we, Nathan and I, that is what we are praying for the most because we, we crave it. We need it. Um, yeah. Yeah, you do. It, is it one of the world's largest churches in Sydney? I think it is. Um, was that Hillsong? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I do know that there is a very large church and I do believe it's in the Sydney area. Hillsong's in Sydney. I didn't know that. I think so. Yeah. Hillsong was started in Australia. Yeah. Um, I would say it would be that. Um, that's the only one that I know of that's got quite a height. Um, it's and and there's a lot of there's a lot of Catholic churches around. Um, yeah, I don't do I that. I would say that's because we. <laughs> but um, yeah, I it's hard to believe that forty three percent of Australia is Christian because yeah, it you don't. You don't see it. You don't even recognize it in the way people are. Um, it's, it's everyone's very, like, very. It's, it's kind of like what you said when you went to Texas. It's um, like you saw you saw a, a massive amount of Christians, but those Christians are just wearing a cross around their neck, and then they're getting drunk and beating their wife, and not even recognizing that Jesus is in their life at all. Um, I mean, literally, probably. Right probably not even thinking about Jesus as they go on about their day. Like I can't, I can't move out of my bed without thinking about anything. Even if I'm not living for Jesus completely, that's all I think about. Like I, I know mm -hmm. that I'm either moving forward with Christ or I'm not. I have to make that decision constantly every day. That's a Christian. There's people out there that move about their day and do not even think about Jesus. And you have to ask yourself if that's an actual Christian or not. I don't think that's up to me, though. I don't think I get to decide that. But I know that that's not the same thing that I'm doing, if well, that makes I, sense. I find so. it I'm, – I'm sorry, go ahead. No. Uh, I find it a correlation. America – was built on biblical principles. That's what they came here for, was biblical freedom. Australia was started as a mm -hmm. penal, penal colony. So they took the ones mm -hmm. that were lawbreakers. The rebels, and man. And started the thing. So, But look at that as, as two children. One that was taught, you know, from from this side of it, and then one, one was taught from this side. So they're, the influence of the of the Christian church was not prevalent there and yet prevalent here. When we first started, we've turned away and, and I'm praying that, that they open up more there. Okay. Read your um, Bible. Verse. Yeah. I want to go ahead and go to my verse and my, I really feel it's a few verses. So hang on John three <laughs> sixteen. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God, God's one and only son. And the judgment is based on the facts. God's light came into the world. Got to turn the page. Hold on. 
People loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come into the light so others can see what they are doing, that they are doing what God wants. Nikki, you came into the light, and with you, your understanding of what the spiritual realm actually has for each and every one of us, you need to do whatever you can do to keep that light burning extremely bright. Just as your husband's light burned for, burned for you, you need to burn for your community. And if that means start start a small mm-hmm. group and start doing Bible study with some other like-minded people in your area, then by golly, do that. There you go. Yeah, you know, start a small group. Maybe maybe I'm I'm talking to the next pastor in Australia between Nate and Nikki. There you go. Right there you go. I just want to encourage you in this. And if look, fall in love with the Word. The Word is like John. Uh, one, and I believe it's 14, right? The word became flesh and walked among us. That is a, the, the Bible itself is a physical manifestation that Jesus left us so that we can get to know him. And the only way that we can actually get to know him is by getting in the word and learning it. There you go. Okay. I, I, I love you and appreciate you coming on. I really do. And I can't wait to talk to Nate one day. Okay. My turn. Um, Everybody's talking about Nate. I want to talk about I want to talk about you for a second. Um I don't know why ever since I started this and whenever I whenever I was doing the Bible studies, um God gave me a really I don't I don't want to say burden, but God gave me a, a special place for women in ministry. Um maybe it's because um I was getting a whole lot of hate for kind of starting to try to uh, raise a few women up in this ministry. And, um, I always, when I get that kind of hate, especially from Christians, I instantly push back. I, I just, I don't like the faction. I don't like the industry and I don't like what everybody's, I don't like it because whenever I get around women in Christ, like you, like Jess meets travel, like Indy, um, you women who have broke through that, um, resistance of the enemy and you've came to the other side and I see that calling on you. You guys are truly the front lines of this thing. You there's such a boldness and such a strong energy around women of Christ. Like Angela's not scared of nothing. Angela's not scared of mm-hmm. nothing in the spiritual realm. She's not. She's not. She's she is the rock of the spiritual area of that. Stuff starts crashing around in the business. Stuff starts crashing around in the family and the household. Anything worldly, she's looking to me to fix that, right? But in the spiritual world, nothing moves her, man. Nothing. She's there. She's there. Ain't she's just gonna pray about it? And move on. She's the one that's holding the fort down when everything up. Whenever I start pulling this way and pushing that way, she's the one that's praying in silence. You know. You know what I mean? She is the front line of this battle, this ministry, and I would probably be done if it wasn't for her. So that's why I want to say everybody's talking about how special Nate is and how cool it was that he's done. But I want to bring it back to what you have going forward. Such a strong energy about you. And your purpose moving forward is going to be huge, especially where you're at. 
And that's so fun for me to watch. I love it. I love watching you strong women because literally men can't hold a candle to what you women can do in the spirit once you fully step into your, once you fully step into your calling. That's why I told whenever Indy came on and these men were saying, she shouldn't be doing your Bible study. And I said, you guys couldn't go through what she went through to get to what her calling is. You guys couldn't even have made it through it, you know? And, and I believe that about you women. And so what I want to say in saying that is I believe in you and I think you're going to do great things for the kingdom. And your story was so powerful. I was so engaged in it the whole time. And it's just so fun. And I, I don't know if I'm following you. I don't know if you post on social media, but if you don't, please keep me updated because it's so fun watching you women really step into your calling and take a hold of the enemy's horns and just shoving your elbow into his eye. And yeah, I love watching her, it. Your testimony can influence others with the truth of what you've been through. Just like someone else's testimony literally changed your life that night that you're talking about. So much is so much so is your testimony going to save someone's life as well. So Amen. I just wanted to say that. Um, I love you. I feel such a strong energy about you and I love it. It hypes me up. It makes me so excited. Um, thank you so much for coming on and the floor is yours. Well, thank you all. Um, thanks for having me on and thanks for saying that Zach, like Larry and uh, like everything you guys are saying really helps me as well because ever since I was saved, you know, I've been on this journey to, I guess, detangle everything that I was learnt over so many years. And I've gone, and that's the reason I came across you guys. I believe God planted you guys right in front of me because listening to not only people that have come out of deception like myself, but listening to people who are still in that deception, it constantly confirms to me what Jesus did for me is real. And the kingdom is real and all of this is, is is happening right before our eyes. And I think what you guys are doing is unlike anything that I've seen other Christians do. And it's so needed. Like to go in and speak to even Satanists, like I can't imagine how tough that is. But those are the people that need to be reached. Like I needed to be reached back then. Mm-hmm. And nobody did. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what made, what Jesus did for me, it it makes me emotional to talk about because no nobody went into that darkness to pull me out. Nobody. It was, it was only Jesus. And then you guys are actually bringing people in the darkness and you guys are speaking to them and you guys are bringing light into their life, even if it's for a moment, you... You have no idea what that may do when they look back because now I'm all about looking back and and realizing what I went through. So I think what you guys are doing is incredible and please don't stop. Um, And if there's any unbelievers listening that have been into New Age and witchcraft and all those things, I just want to say you don't – and – hate me for this, but you don't have hidden knowledge. You don't have a higher understanding. You 
you aren't speaking to what you think may be Jesus or angels or the dead. You're not. Um, it is all deception. And unfortunately, it sucks you in. And I would just encourage people that are believing in those things and practicing those things that even if you haven't had an intense demonic experience, open your minds up to listen to some testimonies that people who have believed in the same things you currently do, just listen to some with an open mind because people's testimonies, I, I never came across before that one that helped save me. So I think if you search it out, listen to people's stories, listen to what Jesus did, that shows you Jesus because if you're all about experience, then you're going to want to experience Jesus. You're not going to experience Jesus unless you open up to him um, and invite him in and give your life to him. That's when you'll see what Jesus can do because before that, I could open the Bible and I could read it and to be quite honest, it never made sense. made no sense. And it says that in the Bible. Until you are born again, the Bible doesn't read you back. You read the Bible, but it doesn't read you back. So the people that are in deception and are trying to understand the Bible and seeing God as, you know, I guess a lot of people see him as this angry God, this wrathful God. And yes, he is those things. But when it reads you back, you realize that it's actually you and God's only being this way to protect you, to save you. Um, and ultimately, we're not as important as you think we are. It's We are here to glorify God. So drop the pride and, and, and drop all the, the hidden knowledge because it's not hidden knowledge, it's deception. Um, and I just, I, I, I just pray that people who are listening that, that haven't come to Jesus yet just understand that that demons are very real and they want to take you with them and please don't please don't follow that um, and I say that with with so much love and, and, and experience that I went through like please just open your mind to Jesus and, and I promise you like your life will change in ways that you could never imagine um Amen. And yeah, I just thank you guys. Man, Nikki, thank you so much. Uh, you encouraged me a lot in this episode. So I'm here. Thank hey, you, Nick. Hey, Nikki, tell Nate we said yeah. happy Thanksgiving, and I have a verse for you. It's Philippians 4.13. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me the strength. Your strength to continue is from the Lord. Just keep drawing it from him. There you go, sister. Love you and keep, Love you. keep in touch with me, okay? Thank you. Will do. Thanks, guys. All right, bye. Bye. Man, that's an incredible story. Yeah, that was crazy, dude. That was a crazy story. I I really um I don't know. Normally I normally I do I do better with like the atheists and stuff. Like I, I'm better in in those aspects, but her story was very encouraging for, for me today. Like just to see that break and to see the the most impactful part of that story was for me was whenever she came out of that room where she fully submitted to God, she said everything was different. And that's how real the spiritual world well, she is. She also mentioned she felt 
an overwhelming love. Yeah. And over, I mean, that is, that's Christ, man. That's if Christ. you allow, all the way, dude. if you allow God to change you, no matter what your perception of the world or him or anything else is, if you allow God to change you, everything can be different, Yeah, but I, you have to allow it. You can't just let your knowledge and your, and your brain and your, and your, you know, whatever the, your smartness, your intelligence, you can't all, let all that just overpower you. You've got to allow God to do it. And then he can make the world look different to you, but you have to allow him to do it. And to do that, you've got to swallow your pride. And I know that's, I know that's hard. I know that's hard. Well, there, there's one thing that blocks people from, um, wisdom, new experience, um, a different level. And that is contempt prior to investigation. It's like a child who says, um, I don't like green beans. Well, how do you know you don't like green beans? Have you tried some green beans? No, I've never tried green beans. Never going to try them. I don't like them. Well, have you really given green beans a shot? Timmy on TikTok said green beans were gross. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's where we're at now. Now, That's that's a millennium. When, When I was raising my daughters... If they, I mean, like they had to taste something before they could say, I don't want it. Well, I'll give it, you this. And, and I'm sitting here and now I'm, I'm, I'm hearing myself say that. So I'm putting myself in relation to an unbeliever per probably considering the, the, the ratio, somebody who was raised as in a certain denomination and has deconstructed all that and said, Oh no, I tried the green beans. Well, maybe you tried the Libby green beans. You need to go for maybe green French, giant French cut, green French giant. cut, yeah, French yeah. cut, French yeah. cut, uh-huh. uh, green giant green beans. There you yeah. go. Maybe you just had the wrong manufacturer. Yeah, maybe the great ho, value ho, wasn't. Ho. Maybe the great value wasn't as good enough. Y'all for remember you. that? Ho ho ho, green <laughs> giant. Yeah. Uh, hey, trust me, I got trying to that put a lot. it in a food analogy but, for Thanksgiving. Yeah, no, so. but it, that's perfect. <laughs> But it used to infuriate me because I had one daughter that would stick her tongue on whatever, you know, I'd like here, and I got one that'll put it in her mouth. But you, but you no problem. Right. And then if it was really bad, she'd spit it out. And right. then the other one would be like, I don't really want to do this, Dad, but I know you're not going to quit, you know? Mm-hmm. So she'd take a bite, and but the other one would go, our parents, <laughs> our parents would, would they they wouldn't let us leave until the vegetables were gone off of our plate. They wouldn't let us leave the table. And we would sit. I would sit there for like an hour. You're well, an idiot. We figured out. <laughs> Eat we, them and be done. We figured out this trick. Me and my sister. We would line our plates with the vegetables because the plates had these little lips on them, and we'd line the plates oh. with them. So you played with your food. Well, right. no, we'd line it. To, we'd hide it, and we say, "Look, our vegetables are in the bed." Okay, great. So then, and then what? They would leave. We'd pick up our plates. We'd dust them off. Throw, you know, throw the uh, vegetables in the trash and cover it up so they wouldn't see it. Well, one day. Mom and dad was like, oh, great. We'll get your plates. They pick them up, and there's this perfect circle of vegetables <laughs> under the plate. <laughs> Don't get any ideas. Eat your vegetables, take your vitamins, and say your prayers, little man. All right. Take us out, Larry. <laughs> Jesus loves you, and so do I. Thank you, for everybody, for watching and listening. We love you. We're out. Thank you for watching or listening all the way to the end. To be a guest on the show or to get a hold of us, please contact us at info at helpmyunbelief.org. And more importantly, make sure to check out new episodes every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Central.